In the great outdoors, we can relax, we can hunt, we can have all kinds of fun. But just remember, you're not the only one out there with, uh, those ideas. Welcome back to the swamp, and welcome if you're new, my friends. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the great outdoors sent in by viewers just like you. If you have a story you'd like to share, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. Now, let's get right into these creepy stories. Today's episode is sponsored by Raycon. We're coming up on the holidays, the happiest season, right? Let's be real. Between hectic holiday travel, stressing over getting that family recipe just right, and dealing with that crazy uncle's politics that are just wrong, the last thing you want to worry about is finding a great gift for everyone on your list. So, in the spirit of giving, I'm sharing my go-to gift idea, premium audio products from Raycon. Raycon's wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound, useful features, and an almost custom comfortable fit and up to 54 hours of battery life. Anyone you gift them to will find a use for them right away, whether they use the speakers to start a party in the living room or escape the party completely and use the earbuds for some much needed zen meditation. It is a great personal gift. I gave it to my girlfriend and she uses it all the time when she is working out and absolutely rants and raves about how she loves them. Raycon makes this stressful holiday period easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life like mom, dad, co-workers, fitness lovers, gamers. And for the next month only, Raycon will be having a countdown to Christmas with a new pop-up flash deal for you to take advantage of every single day. You can find Raycon in stores now like Kohl's or Walmart, but let me tell you right now, you're always going to get the best deal at buyraycon.com swamped. The Raycon website also offers free shipping, free returns, and buy now, pay later options, plus a 30-day happiness guarantee. Right now, go to buyraycon.com dot com slash swamped to get 15% off site-wide with code holiday plus free shipping. That's code holiday at buyraycon.com slash swamped for 15% off your Raycon purchase. Buyraycon.com slash swamped. The Orchard by Undertaker1993 Hello everyone. I'm writing this for therapeutic reasons and as a warning to my fellow hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. My name is Aaron and I live in rural Virginia. Although this experience had made me question my love for hunting in the outdoors, I'm still a country boy at heart and I'll always love the outdoors and nature. I'm a hay and cattle farmer by trade and I enjoy hunting and fishing whenever I get free time, which isn't very often, so it makes it all the more special to me. Around three years ago, one of my good friends that helped me on the farm put in a good word for me in our local hunting club, and I was voted in. I had been going hunting with him for a few years as a guest, but was excited to be able to pursue club land whenever I wanted. Our hunting club has two properties that we lease from year to year. The first property is local and close to home. It's about 200 acres and is loaded with deer, bear, and other wet. It's around 200 acres and is loaded with deer, bear, and other wildlife. The other is about a 45-minute drive over a mountain dubbed Sperryville Mountain by locals and is about 60 acres. The property is nicknamed The Orchard by our club because it was thriving with apple orchards up until the early 1970s. Unfortunately, now the property reminds you of a post-apocalyptic wasteland. The beautiful and lush apple trees and scenic views are gone, replaced by dead trees and foliage. Nasty-looking vines with long, sharp thorns cover every haunting tree. 
The only beauty left in our little 60-acre plot is a beautiful freshwater stream that flows out to the national park that our land borders. Sadly, deer, bear, or any other wildlife is scarce, and sightings are even rarer primarily because the sun only shines on the property a few hours a day if it's lucky, causing a lack of food or vegetation to sustain wildlife. It's straightforward to hunt here for weeks without animal sightings outside the random bird or squirrel. You are probably wondering why anyone would waste their time hunting here. Well, the land is cheap, honestly. And for me, it's also simple. While our other members are hunting shoulder to shoulder on our other piece of property, I can drive over to the orchard and have nothing but peace surrounded by nature. Over the years, our fellow club members have tried to get us to give up on the property, saving club funds in search of a better piece of land, but another elderly gentleman named Rob and I have persuaded the others to renew our lease each year. Rob is a 70-year-old, heavy-set man with red cheeks. Rob is a 70-year-old, heavy-set man with red cheeks and a snow-white beard. He always reminded me of a good old Saint Nick. Rob is one of the original three founders of our club. The club was established in 1978, and the orchard was the first piece of land that club ever acquired in 1979. To him, the long-forgotten part of the lane is sentimental, and I have to agree. He welcomed me into the club and took me under his wing, so to speak, always nudging me to the side and giving me that comforting wink, saying, Boy, don't let the others discourage you. The place is next to the park. A monster can wander down at any time. I have to say I agree, because I have been fortunate enough to harvest a buck each of the last three years there. Nothing huge, but something tasty for my wife and I. Not to mention, it gives us plenty of food in the off-season. I hold the orchard close to my heart because of all the good memories I've had with Rob and a few other friends, but after this experience, I refused to hunt there alone. It was a clear, excellent, crisp day in November with a slight breeze. I had just finished feeding the cattle for the final time that day and I decided to load up my old 1989 Ford pickup with my ATV, backpack, and 6mm Remington hunting rifle and make the drive over the mountain. The drive over was uneventful, as I admired the hanging, changing autumn leaves and felt the crisp breeze go through my window. It was heaven in a sense. Finally, I pulled into the property full of hope of harvesting a nice buck and parked in a lot at the bottom of the road. I let the tailgate down and unload my four-wheeler, allowing it to warm up the few minutes before making up the 20-minute drive to the tree stand. Sticks and rocks crackled under the weight of my ATV as I slowly drove up the rough old mountain road passing the run-down abandoned apple-packing shed as I drove by. I had a good feeling in my gut that day that this may be the day I land that trophy buck and finally shut up the other club members for good. Arriving at the stand, I shut the engine off and looked around listening to the soft breeze stirring up leaves around me, then taking off with my rifle on my shoulder and my backpack in hand. I began trying to tiptoe to the stand, trying my best to minimize the noise of my walking, but the dry autumn leaves that had made their trip to the ground had other plans. Making my slow ascent up the rusty rungs of the ladder on Rob's old tree stand, I sat down and couldn't help but think that the massive 12-point buck Rob had shot out of this very stand 20 years earlier would replay for me. His words always often reoccur in my mind, over and over like a broken record. A monster could walk down any time. As I would come to find out, this statement was more accurate than I could have ever imagined. Hours went by with nothing stirring but the occasional wind gust or noisy squirrel trying to stock up for winter. I was vigilant, checking for movement or noise in any direction to no avail. The cold autumn air nipping at my face and the sinking feeling in my stomach of another unsuccessful hunt was eating away at me. 
I checked my phone and saw the time was now 4.55pm, and in another 20 minutes or so, I said to myself I would have to leave. I always liked getting down to my truck before it got pitch black because I had a 20 minute ride back, and there was zero cell surface in case of any sort of emergency. Directly to the west of the old tree stand was a steep cliffside covered in huge rocks and boulders. I scanned every rock for movement. Then reaching down into my backpack, removing my lukewarm Mountain Dew, I took a sip before putting it back. I began looking back toward the rocks and that's when I saw it. Horns. My heart started racing and I began sweating through my winter clothes. This is it, I told myself. All this hard work is about to pay off finally. Raising my rifle and looking through the 3x9 scope, I saw the deer appeared to be an 11 or even 12 point buck. The animal made its way down slowly and carefully through the rocks until it was maybe 150 yards away. Although all I could see were antlers, I knew this was the moment I'd been waiting for since I was a child. Then all my excitement began melting away like cheese in a microwave as the creature stood up. I saw a monster, but not the kind I wanted to see. I don't know what I was seeing, but I was looking at something 7 to 8 feet tall. A skeletal build with long arms and a strip of brown fur running through the length of its back. But the terrifying part was its head. It was a deer skull with no hide. Time stood still as I watched this thing through my scope. It began shuffling around and sh It began shuffling around and struggling with something like a soccer mom fumbling with bags of groceries as she tried to remove them from her overpacked minivan. I've always believed in Bigfoot, but this thing made Bigfoot look like a puppy. It was the most hideous thing I had ever laid my eyes on. I finally saw what it was fumbling with. In its right hand was a squirrel, limp and lifeless. The monster began squeezing the poor creature as its eyes were pushed out of its sockets from the pressure. Like some messed up butcher in a deli, the monster laid the squirrel on a rock and with its massive claws began carving the poor animal up. Blood and organs spilled out of the animal. And to my horror, the creature stuck out a long snake-like forked tongue and began devouring the squirrel. Lowering the gun, I was snapped back into my senses. Don't let this thing see you, is all I could think about. I internally prayed that this thing would turn and walk back into the park and be nothing but a memory, but it didn't. After finishing its meal, it looked around and stuck its tongue in and out like a cobra as it smelled around. I was quickly reminded of how dire my situation was as I noticed the darkness beginning to swallow up the forest around me. My finger quivered above the trigger as I fought this internal urge to fire at this monster, but a voice deep inside my gut told me it wouldn't do any good. I lowered the rifle slowly from my eye and looked to my four-wheeler, then back to the creature, and decided I would make a mad dash. With trembling hands, I stood up slowly, grabbing the railing of the stand, and began making my way down the ladder. Occasionally looking behind me to make sure the creature wasn't looking my way, and thank god it wasn't, my confidence was quickly cut off as I stepped off the last rung of the stand and my size 12 boots crushed some of the bone-dry autumn leaves. It might as well have been a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Whirling around, I realized the creature was looking right at me. We stared at each other from across the wooden distance, and even though it was 30 degrees Fahrenheit, it was like I was sweating through my heavy winter clothes. I thought about my wife, my farm, my dog, and my life, and decided I wasn't dying today if I could help it. Before I knew it, I was running toward my ATV, thorns cut at my face and ripped at my clothes as I ran. My gun was bouncing uncomfortably against my back as I felt blood trickle down my face from the cuts and prayed I wouldn't trip over anything in my sprint. Arriving at my ATV, I groped through my pockets for the keys, pulling the key from my pocket. 
I struggled to find the ignition switch, hands shaking like a heavy smoker who hadn't had a light in a week. My spirit lifted as the engine roared to life, but reality kicked in as I turned around and to my horror, all I saw was a massive polar white deer and bright yellow eyes reflecting off my ATV's taillights, teeth bared and tongue flicking in and out like a snake. It let out the most blood-curdling scream I've ever heard. I gunned the ATV and began tearing down that mountain. Rocks and dips in the road threatened to overturn the four-wheeler, but I knew I couldn't afford to slow my pace. I could hear heavy footsteps and sticks and limbs breaking behind me the entire time. The creature was no more than 50 yards behind me. Gunning the mountain faster and faster, I finally reached the old packing shed I mentioned earlier, which signified I was almost to the bottom. Looking around, I realized the creature was nowhere in sight. There was nothing. My breathing slowed and I stopped to listen. Nothing was stirring but the dying leaves in the treetops holding on to dear life swaying in the wind against the moonlight. I looked at the packing shed and my heart sank to my boots. Peeking out from the side of the building was a deer skull and a long skeletal hand. Holy hell, I yelled as I took off again. I turned around as the creature came fully into my view from behind the old broken down building and I still don't understand why I, why I did this. I slammed on the brakes, turned my rifle and fired hitting the creature square in the upper torso. The creature staggered slightly as dark fluid trickled down from its wound, but to my horror, all it did was touch the gaping hole with its massive clawed hand. And I swear it smiled at me. To hell with this, I thought as I hit the gas and barreled down the mountain one more time. My truck's taillights came into view, and I knew salvation was near. Thank God I left my ramps down. I hit the ramps like a BMX rider in the X Games, and my four-wheeler stopped in my truck bed with a hard thud Throwing my ramps into the bed and slamming the tailgate of my truck shut, I fumbled for my truck keys and found them very quickly. Throwing my rifle into the passenger seat, I cranked the old beast of a truck over. My heart threatened to beat out of my chest until the car finally started. Looking back through the mirror, I almost cried as I saw this thing walking through the diesel smoke my truck emitted like a phantom in a graveyard. My backpack, in its left hand, cocked its head to the side as it approached my vehicle, and I swear to God, once again, it smiled. It freaking smiled. Dirty, rotten brown teeth showed in my light as they stalked closer and closer. I absolutely floored the old pickup and didn't slow until I hit the main road. Tears streamed down my face as I drove the long trip home. I haven't bothered telling anyone of this story because who's going to believe me? I thought sharing this was my only hope of getting this out there. Believe it or not, I went back down a few times that season but only in groups of three. I felt awful for not telling my fellow companions about what I saw due to their safety, but I knew they would laugh me off. The day after this happened, I contemplated whether or not this actually did go down. Could I have just imagined this? Had some sort of mental breakdown? I got my answers that night as I checked my wireless game camera from the comfort of my living room. That night, after I left at 10.30pm, the creature came into view on my trail camera, and it hung my backpack on the bottom rung of the ladder. It turned towards the camera, and I swear once again it smiled that god-awful smile again before smashing it. I now know why animal sightings in the orchard are so very rare, and I don't know what I will say when I'm asked when we should renew the lease this year. I can't get this experience out of my head. I want to go back, but I know that monster is still there somewhere. All I know is when I lay down in my bed at night, all I hear in my head are Rob's words. A monster could walk out of there any time. Lost in the Woods
by Bad Guys Fan 1422. So this isn't my personal story. It's from my lifelong friend Jackson, whom I've been friends with for 17 years. And in all that time, the only incident that has ever scared me or him was this. Years ago, we were on a camping trip with his family. It was the summer of 2008 at the time, and we were relaxing on the way to the campsite. We got to this small town and decided to camp in those woods. So we set up camp, Jackson's mom made dinner, and after all that we watched other camping videos their family recorded. We made marshmallows and had a fun time. Then at around 8.30 we went to bed. And now we're going to shift into Jackson's perspective. Sometime at around 1am he woke up. He says he didn't know why, and since he woke up, he walked around and used the bathroom. It was sometime around 5 minutes later when he heard something he had not noticed before. It was a faint noise like a thumping noise. Jackson, being the cocky person he is, muttered, People don't know how to be quiet out here. He assumed it was somebody drunk or something taking long, exaggerated steps, but it stayed the same volume every time. Then he got curious and walked toward the noise. He hid behind a bush when he got close enough. What he saw scared him so bad he forgot to even scream, which probably saved his life. A man had dismembered body parts with him and was trying to stick them to a tree. He had multiple dismemberments with him. Then he saw a bag full of axes and saws. That's what he was hearing. The thump was him using an axe to stick a body to a tree, dragging another to a different tree, then attaching that one. Thump, thump, drag, drag. Now it all made sense, but Jackson was so confused. Then the man looked directly at him. Jackson ran the second he noticed and got lost somewhere in the woods. He somehow lost the man, but he realized he was now lost entirely, having no idea where to go in the dark. Switching back to my perspective, I woke up hours later and saw he was gone. So I woke up his parents and we called out for him. We did eventually find him, but his clothes were torn, his eyes were baggy, and he was in shock. We took him to the hospital, and he was having nightmares for some time. Every night he'd wake up screaming, Don't kill me, please! When he finally calmed out of his mental state, he told everyone the story. And I believe him entirely because why would he lie about this? 14 years later and we're still good friends. This incident has never been forgotten, only ignored by us. But I wanted to tell you this to get it off my chest. The Woman in the Park by Anonymous So this is a real story. It is something that did happen to me. I was in a park with my mother waiting for my dad to come. I was sitting on a bench and then I saw an old woman. She was looking straight at me, straight into my eyes. I swear in her look was something downright evil. I thought maybe I was hallucinating or just making things up. At the time she was sitting next to a tree in the upper right corner of the park. From the right corner of the park to the upper left corner were like 10 meters. I blinked and she was in the left corner all of a sudden, and she was still looking straight at me, straight into my eyes with this look of malice. I thought maybe it was just my imagination again. I didn't tell anyone about it until I had a couple of nightmares in that same place, with the same old woman. The priest of the village and I were excellent friends, and when we met at the church, he saw that I wasn't alright. He asked me what had happened and what was going on. 
I asked him not to laugh at me and told him everything. Detail by detail, not missing anything. What he told me shocked me. He said the old woman was an evil spirit, like a demon or something. I didn't believe him at first. Then I went to the people that were with me at the park at the time that day and told them about it. And they also agreed that it did sound like it was something evil. So, being religious, I got myself cleansed and I haven't seen her ever since. But I don't really go to that park too much just because I am kind of paranoid. The Garden Intruder by Sonora A few summers ago, I ended up working in a small garden outside my work since our workload slowed down in the summer. I worked at a factory surrounded by olive trees and other trees like apricot, peach, cherry, pear, and apple. Beyond the tree line, on one of the short ends of the small rectangular garden, there were a bunch of tall, thick weeds and shrubbery directly after the front of the tree line. On the garden fence itself, at the end, thick, tangled grapevines had overgrown the wall of the garden and the chain-link perimeter fence of the property in that area. It was a scorching day, as it was July. The hummingbirds buzzed near the feeders and the other birds sang their summer songs. I greeted our factory dog, Buddy, lazing outside the garden in the shade of an olive tree. He gazed at me with his neon-like blue eyes and wagged his black and white fluffy tail before dozing off again. I continued to chat with my buddy as I worked, just off in my safe little world. As I worked, I vaguely noticed the sounds of bushes and shrubbery rustling slightly, which I blew off as a breeze. But after a few minutes more, I realized that the rustling sounds were pretty constant, and after briefly glancing around many of the trees, I noticed that there didn't appear to be a breeze on that hot July day. So at that point, it was probably Buddy sniffing around the bushes. But that thought went out the window when I turned back towards the garden entrance for a shovel, and there was Buddy, still lazing in the same exact place I had left him. Now if you know dogs, you know that Buddy should have been losing his crap right about then. Yet he was resting there with no care in the world. I decided to give it a couple of more minutes to make sure. It could have been my husband, who also worked at the factory with me, or my boss or another co-worker, for all I knew. But as I casually paid attention to what I was hearing, I could tell that the movements were slow and deliberate. Whoever or whatever was in the grapevines and bushes was moving precisely. My heart began to raise as I imagined a bear or a mountain lion stalking me. So I snuck out of the garden entrance and stepped over a couple of feet to investigate seeing through the thick shrubbery beyond the olive and cherry trees was difficult. I had to focus, like when you try to see one of those hidden 3D images. Once I did though, I started to see movement beyond the grapevines, bushes, and weeds. After a few seconds, I began to make out the shape of human legs. Whoever was there wore a pair of medium faded blue jeans and looked like some sort of black hiking or work boots. All I could think of at the time was, holy crap, it's a person. They were moving away from me towards the railroad tracks beyond the chain link perimeter fence. All I could think to do at that point was walk around the perimeter of the fence and up to the railroad tracks to see if I could get a better vantage point and see the person. I knew the person would be trapped by the perimeter fence hidden by the grapevines. Once I got up there, I saw a man crouched next to the chain link fence, staring right at me. It was strange to me because he wore the medium colored blue jeans and heavy black boots I mentioned earlier. Still, he also sported a black beanie, a dark hooded sweatshirt, and a backpack, all despite it being 100 plus degrees outside that day. As he stared at me with those dark, beady, close-set eyes, I asked him, Who are you? And why are you here? But he just stared at me, 
unblinking with a pale face and didn't say a word to me. He just sat there, frozen and unmoving. Looking back, I don't think he blinked or moved at all. So I gave up after a few seconds and went into the factory to tell someone. I found my husband first, but he pretty much just dismissed it. So I went to my boss next. We both went back to the garden to investigate, but no one was there anymore. Just Buddy, casually wandering into the bushes towards the tracks. Being a dog, Buddy should have been more alarmed, yet he wasn't, which was weird to my boss. Just then, though, my co-worker arrived with his dog, who was promptly sent to investigate the area. Meanwhile, the other co-worker went inside the factory to get the forklift, which he drove outside to us. Then, we had my husband lift the forklift as high as we could so my co-worker could stand at a vantage point and get a good look for the guy, or maybe a car leaving or something, but I don't think he ever actually saw anything. Once we got back into the factory and inside the boss's air-conditioned office, the boss had something interesting to tell us about the night before. First off, he informed us that we all had no running water in the whole industrial park. However, the exciting part came when he explained why there was no water. The night before, a couple of guys tried stealing a big rig or something from one of the businesses located up past us in the park. When they tried to escape the truck after nearly getting caught, they tried to jump across a small creek where the water main coming into the industrial park happened to be. They of course didn't make it and ended up smashing the water main to all the businesses in the park. I would have to determine if the intruder amongst the grapevines was related to that incident. We called the sheriff just in case and they came out and took a report and got a description of the intruder from me. But of course, none of the outside security cameras caught it since it was behind the tree line and amongst the heavy shrubbery. But I guess we'll never know. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true outdoors horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit stories at r slash thedarkswamp on Reddit. If you enjoyed these stories tonight, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet as it helps me out a lot. I upload brand new videos almost every single day in all things outdoors and supernatural. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I know, I know, it's very difficult to pick, but it helps me know what stories you like the best so I can pick better ones in the future. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating over there as it helps the show grow. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy episode.